Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. UWA-517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want to report. Aries-31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Neither we want to report one of those either. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind of it? I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. There's 71 Papa the Golf, good. Was there anybody above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago? There's 71 Papa Golf, negative. Okay. Stop this. A UFO. UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show, wherever in the world you are listening from. I hope you're all okay. Ash is our first of two tonight from Ontario, Canada, and he will be sharing his UFO encounters. The first was a black triangle witnessed on a camping trip near Lake Huron in 1989, and his second was also by a lake, but this time it was Lake St. Clair where Ash and a friend observed a glowing sphere in 1997. And then we head down to the States and hear from Cody in Nebraska, and he will be sharing a couple of UFO encounters from the summer of 2012, one being of a cigar-shaped object on a clear, cloudless afternoon in Montana. Cody has also some interesting paranormal experiences that we're going to be hearing tonight. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and would like to help support my work, there is a couple of ways to do this. Either you can join Patreon and become a patron of the show for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate via PayPal 
And if you like, you can set up monthly reoccurring payments. All links to support the podcast are below in the show notes and on the website. Any help is extremely appreciated and it helps the show to continue running. Now, on with the show. Hello, Ash. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you doing? Calling from Ontario, Canada? Yes. Wonderful. Now, Ash, you're going to be sharing a couple of your UFO experiences. Would you like to start at the very beginning, please, Ash? Yes, I can do that. The first time I saw an object, uh, it was 1989. At that time, I was eight. Uh, We were on a camping trip. Um, Lake Huron, most people in the area will be familiar with uh, Grand Bend. Uh, somewhere outside of there wasn't the pinery. There was another um, campground we were staying at. So late in the night, I woke up abruptly, uh, as I do sometimes, just uh, alert and awake. And I decided just to watch the stars because that's what I like to do as a child. And I was laying there and I saw, I guess it's hard to say this, but there were several things that felt different at the time i was actually watching the stars at this time so the insects outside stopped making noise and i felt on my body similar to an electrical charge like static electricity my parents and my brother were in the car at the time but they were sleeping they seemed to be uh, more, un- I don't know how to describe this, but they seem to be more unconscious than regular, if that makes sense. But they just seem to be more comatose. There was a hum similar to a bass speaker or standing close to an electrical transform or something like that. Uh, that kind of white humming noise. After which, I saw a triangular object black i couldn't make out the color of it because there were no lights on it it was nighttime i could see the treetops from the car where i was sleeping because it was a hatchback i could see through the back glass and this triangle slowly went over the leading edge of it had uh, a like an effect Um, i wrote it down as a blue fire effect when i was a child but it looked more like an aurora borealis kind of green and bluish that rippled around it as it moved over and it just slowly went across the treetops it was probably just above the treetops i can't estimate you know how high it was i don't know what the size of the object was it was much larger than the car i was in uh, because it blacked out the sky as it went over Uh, and it just continued on it didn't do anything other than that but i could never figure out what exactly it was so that would be the first time that I saw something. I wrote it in a journal and looked at it later when I was more of an adult. That was pretty much it. The second time that I saw an object, I went out to a location called Mitchell's Bay. Um, it's on Lake St. Clair. Uh, I wasn't in the actual town. We were outside of town. This was in uh, 1997. And uh, it was about two in the morning. We just got off work, a friend and I. We went out into, it's a like it's a farmer's field. The road is basically 
a, not even dirt road it's grass with some tire tracks in it and we drove down it and we parked out near the water because uh, i used to smoke when i was younger and we uh, went out there had some cigarettes we were shooting flares into the lake because we were bored and we just got off work uh, so we sat there i sat on the hood of his car with him and we just had a cigarette and we were talking so what happened was light the first thing that happened looks it was like light and we didn't know where, where it was coming from i assumed it was a car coming up behind us but we were in a farmer's field at the end of this road so you know i didn't know but my friend spotted something over the lake and it was almost like a it looked like a spotlight if i were to extend my arm it would be about the size of a, a little bigger than a quarter and it was on us extremely bright to my right like somebody's headlights were on us and I assumed right away that it must be a helicopter or something because we were shooting flares into the lake. I figured somebody was coming to look <laughs> for it, but it had the light on us for a little bit. And then, and this was a, a longer process. It was five or six minutes of this engagement. So it was on us for a little bit and then it rotated around and I could still see it because it was black. It blocked out the, uh, sky if you've seen the sky at night you can see near the tree line and everything there's kind of a blue haze that goes up uh, and i could see this black you know ball in the sky and the light was still on but it was doing something over the water i don't know what it was doing but it was kind of erratically the only way i can describe it is similar to uh if you ever seen lord of the rings the eye of Sauron, where it's jumping around and and it's looking over the water i don't know what it was doing and then it turned back around and I could see the light side again, but it was not focused on us, the light. And it kind of jumped around abruptly over the water. And we were, at this time, my friend and I were trying to figure out what this is because it was very harsh movements. And then it returned to its original position uh, and shot up into the sky. Uh, and if you've seen... I guess, uh, a satellite or something with a naked eye or, uh, you know, say the International Space Station, that little dot of light. Um, it moved across the sky to, I believe that would be uh, south. It moved south across the sky and just kind of took off. So we didn't know what it was. Uh, we joked around about it for a little bit. Um, and then shortly, probably about three minutes after something like that, uh, helicopters did actually come to that area and you could hear the sound of them um, i'm assuming it came from i don't know i, I i'm not sure because it's that area is on the u.s canadian border uh, but there were three helicopters that came afterwards over the lake and they seemed to be looking for something as well so the actual helicopter if i were to judge the size of it if they were in the same position the actual object we saw was the same size in say uh you know, diameter as the helicopter from front to end. And the helicopters had lights on them too, but they were much, much smaller and didn't have the impact. So I'm not sure how far they were away from the co the you know, the coast of the lake. I, I don't know. But again, this was weird occurrence again with a friend of mine. And we discussed it for a little bit afterwards, but, um, you know, I talk to people about it or I tell people about it, but it's just, some kind of oddity that had happened and i don't know what it was certainly is an oddity i mean purely just shooting off into the sky is a bit of a bit of a marker there 
I mean, I, I have quite well, the area where I live. I have helicopters that go around constantly <laughs> searching for stolen cars, or whatever. And uh, they always have a pattern. Did this object that you saw? Did it have any kind of pattern? Uh, it it seemed to. I don't know it, which because I'm I'm looking at it in kind of a two D way because I'm looking at it. I didn't. I wasn't able to see. It was jumping in in a couple locations. But I don't know if it was doing it in a three-dimensional pattern over the water because it looked like it was just going from one side to the other. But I know if I was in it that physically I would be hurt when the object stopped because it was it was like if you take a laser pointer and jump it, you know, to two places. It you know if I was in it, it's uh, I would be damaged by the force of stopping abruptly like that. Yeah, and, and generally helicopters don't move so radically like that for obvious <laughs> obvious reasons no and there was no thrust or anything uh associated with it when i went up it just looked like the same ball that just shot up into the sky there was no rocket or anything that you would associate with an object that was and i and i the helicopter hovers but not so perfectly if that makes sense it does, yeah. The only light you actually saw is actually from the the spotlight itself. I saw the light. The craft itself seemed to be illuminated, but I did see the lights of the helicopters when they came uh, afterwards. But they were a lot smaller um, because the whole object itself was illuminated. It just turned dark when it spun around. But I don't know what it was doing. Interesting. Uh, what color was the um, was the light? Kind of maybe a pale yellow but it was more solid like uh you know when uh metal gets really hot yeah yeah it looked more like that than a light because the light has kind of a flicker to it this looked like if i threw up because i've done this when i was a kid threw iron into a fire and then you pull it out and it's it has a luminosity to it but it uh it's muted in comparison to a light bulb or something i mean if you want to get a attention from anyone certainly shooting flares off into the lake is a, is a good way of doing it um so it could just been you know flying around and seeing these these strange lights uh hitting the water and uh wanted to have a have a look that's what we assumed as well right away was that because we were shooting but it was a, probably about a two minute gap between which would make sense if something was coming it's probably about a two minute gap between the time that we were doing that we had just lit up a cigarette and sat there on the car and but the light came on us so we didn't notice where it came from it was just the light kind of from the right a little bit behind that's why i assumed it was headlights to begin with it just it behaved very erratically so i can't reconcile that with operating aircraft that's the difficult <laughs> difficulty for me i guess i mean there was no beakers no flashing beakers on there so you could probably uh discount any planes no. or and it wasn't even drones in those days in any case no running lights or anything, which is usually, uh, well, for me, if I ever look at an object, the first thing I'm looking for is running lights and things like that, like an aircraft or something or something to signify that it, it I don't know what, like I said, I don't know what it was. It just behaved oddly. And then completely shut off. Yeah, but I could, we could still see it. Like I said, it was something like if you were observing, say, like the International Space Station going across the sky, it's that very tiny light. And you can see it kind of like zip across the sky. But what it was doing, who knows? Interesting. And um, did you ever actually report this sighting? No, at the time, I had no idea anything about the topic at all. I didn't know that there was anybody you could report anything to. 
I didn't really realize that until I was around in my 30s when I was going back to look at some of this stuff for information due to the internet. I mean, Lake Huron has come up a few times. I've had that come up in past um, past encounters. Yeah, there was no information at that time. It was 97. I didn't even have a cell phone at that time. And what we did have available to us was, you know, archaic compared to what we have now. They were just bricks. <laughs> Pretty much. I think roughly about 97 is actually when I did get my first phone. Yeah, I think I got one maybe 2002, but it was a flip phone and the pictures were poor quality. I can't imagine getting a good picture at night or video at night anyway, unless you had the proper equipment to begin with. Okay. Now the triangle object you saw, mm -hmm. the leading edge, when it had this blue-green aurora-like effect, was it only on the lead? Was it completely on the leading edge or did it circulate the whole object? No, only on the front two surfaces of the actual triangle. It seemed to be kind of, I don't know how to describe the back end of it, more like uh, dissipating, I guess. Right, right. Okay. Similar to a canoe going through water with the ripples, it kind of separates around the canoe, but then at the end it, you know. Height-wise, can you kind of gift any kind of from above the car? Uh, well, the trees, like a typical large pine tree, I mean, I'm guessing are probably 60 feet maybe. If I were to guess, it would probably have been maybe 10 or 15 feet over that. It was really low. And a lot bigger than a lot bigger than the car. So it completely passed over. So you were viewing it from? I was viewing it from the ground. I was uh, basically in the back of the car. I could see it through the uh, rear window because, again, it's a hatchback, so it's just a glass window. Um, it was an Acadian, so those cars are, uh, the whole back was kind of glass, so you could see out pretty right. well. The object completely covered the glass, so you could all you could see was basically this object. I could only see, yeah, I could only see the actual object. I could see, like I said, I could see the sky completely clear. I could see the tops of the trees, but when the object passed over, it blocked out the sky until it completely passed over. And you mentioned it gave off a kind of kind of feeling for you. Yeah, just um, I tried to describe this before, but I uh, I was close to lightning with a, two of my friends when it struck. Uh, a phone box and before the lightning strikes you get this feeling all over your body is uh, static electricity and that staticky feeling is what I, I felt as it passed over yeah I was in, I was in close proximity to a lightning strike years and years ago and that was the same static you're so completely surrounded by this static it was like crackling uh, crackling around you my heart was just racing <laughs> and, I, and I felt energized for the whole week and interesting how when it it doesn't sound like thunder. It sounds like someone clapping their hands really loud when you're close to it, like a snap. Right, right. Yeah, it was uh, it was a close one, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to actually get struck, that's for sure. No, it wouldn't be good. Um, like, you know, you can still, even after all these years, you can still re um, report this, whether it's to MUFON or the uh, National Reporting Center. Probably MUFON will probably be better for you if you're in Canada. Um, but you never know, because other people look at the the records and see if anybody had the same experience in the same area and i know researchers use these kind of these catalogs in any case well i did i did for the second one and and there were other people that observed the same type of object over the lake in august of that year but i don't like i said i don't know exactly what it was it just seemed to be doing something but who knows who knows <laughs> really whatever they, whatever they are who knows what they're doing who knows? And it was uh, they were both in August as well. 
Yeah, both in August, uh, both near uh, the lake as well. But two different lakes, but same right. thing. Well, I'm hoping that, uh, like I said, the only reason that I actually got interested in the subject is because I heard somebody speaking about the uh, some physiological effects, and I thought that it would be beneficial if anybody maybe had experienced the same thing to know that uh, it does happen to other people, you know. <laughs> Like we were saying before the show, you know, these these little details, especially when it comes to the effects, you know, that's always a, always a good thing to hear. Yeah, I'd like to just know what they were. That's all I would like to know is what were the objects. Who knows if that'll ever happen? Who knows? Yeah, you could be waiting a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the important thing is, you know, that, you know, you had this experience, you know, because not everyone gets to have an experience like this such, you know, so up close. Yeah, it, for me, because like I said, I was very interested. I still am science and technology. I've always followed my whole life. To me, it was just interesting observing, I guess, you know, and cataloging what I felt, especially when I was younger, because I did that a lot, you know. Everything is important, you know, whether it's a little a little experience of uh, a couple of lights in the sky or or you've been missing for five days. It's all it's all as important. Well, that's what, uh, like I said, I heard somebody speaking about um, the physiological effect of uh, the vibration feeling. And that's what actually kind of got me interested in looking into the phenomenon itself. Um, because I, I just didn't really know anybody, you know, saw things that were similar. So I think the best thing to do is for people to actually share what they've observed. Um and try to catalog as much data about it as possible so we can kind of figure it out. I hope, like I said, I hope I got enough detail in there for people to at least, you know, like I said, I was just hoping that if somebody else out there has had seen same similar objects or something, maybe it, uh, you know, they don't feel crazy. Cause I think a lot of people have seen these things and they, you know, they question cause I'm skeptical of the things I've seen too, to be honest with you. I don't know what it is, but, um, like I said, I'm open-minded to it. So, yeah, and it is important to question these things because um, you obviously want to narrow it down. You know, you want you want to say it's not this. You know, you want to say it's not a plane, it's not a helicopter, um, and whatever you're kind of left with, which you don't have an explanation for. I mean, that's you know, that's what really what you're trying to do. Yeah, and that's why, like I said, I can't. I can say what I've seen, but I can't give any definitive answer on what exactly it was. You know, just they were odd to me experiences basically i was actually happy though to see that the um the united states is seeming to take it a little bit more seriously now and actually look into it you know that's interesting it has helped especially when the article started coming out in the uh, a couple of years ago with the navy you know with the navy pilots and uh, people started to accept it a little bit more and in turn you know science and, and journalists started to you know not make such a joke of it that's why i always thought it was funny that uh science is supposed to uh take us to the truth wherever that truth may lead us to or wherever that search may lead us to right uh but in certain areas they just know uh so i i'm glad that that's somewhat changing because there's a few uh physicists and things that i, I respect a lot for actually legitimately just wanting to look into it you know whatever it turns out to be you know and I also find it funny from the scientific point of view that uh, the act of creativity is, you know, based on incomplete data <laughs> anyway. Right. I mean, even, even Darwinism, he observed, you know, some changes in 
the physiology of animals. He didn't know anything about DNA or whatever. But then here we are, right? So I just don't understand how, I, I don't know. Even reading about, uh, you know, Peter Higgs, the, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Higgs boson. That's right. I remember reading about uh, how he was met with scorn and ridicule from a lot of his colleagues because it was outside of the status quo. Yet, surprise, surprise, he was right. So I just find it funny that for a entire for an entire part of our society that prides itself on creativity and thinking outside the box and building our tomorrow that some of the topics are too taboo for them to touch. I appreciate data, but I think now that people are actually recording it and sharing it a little more, it'll it'll help things hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, scientists are taking note. I don't I don't think we're on the verge of getting a complete disclosure. You know, I don't really think that's going to happen regardless of what people believe at the minute. I think it's going to be a very, very slow process. I think it's just nice to have, like, dialogue about it, you know, and talking about it, looking into it. Yeah. It's baby steps. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and hopefully, I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's nice to see the information being shared with uh, people a little bit more, uh, being a little bit more open about it, because in the past... You know, it wasn't as such, right? So I'm just glad the conversation is happening. Well, okay, Ash, wonderful. I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing that with our listeners. Yeah, no problem. Thanks very much. I appreciate that you're getting the information out. Uh, you're more than welcome. Thanks for that, man. That's great. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. You enjoy the rest of the evening. Yeah, you too. Thank okay. you. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you too. Every day... We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Telepath is a weekly digital newsletter filled with the latest paranormal news, trending topics, and fresh articles from some of the most popular critical thinkers in the community today. Stay informed on your favorite paranormal podcasts and live streaming talk shows. Interact with the telepath and upload your paranormal story or pics. It could be featured in an upcoming edition. Sign up right now for the free telepath newsletter at paranormal.radio. That's paranormal.radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the show, Cody. I thank you. Thank you for coming on today, and you're calling from Nebraska. Yes. That's wonderful. Now, Cody, you're going to be sharing some paranormal and ET encounters with us tonight. Would you like to start at the very beginning, please, Cody? Yeah. Well, the the first encounter I had, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if it was an encounter, and it's, I've actually heard this on your podcast recently, and it kind of blew me away. Uh, I was just talking to my mom the other day, telling her I was going to be on this podcast. And she reminded me that when I was about seven or eight years old, we were driving in Wyoming. That's where I grew up, was Wyoming around Casper. We were driving to a place called Thermopolis, which is hot springs. And it was middle of the day. And I was it was me and my mom and my two older brothers, who are all a year older than me. And we looked up and my mom said, what is that in the sky? And it was a giant fireball for like basically it looked like a meteor but it was as big as the moon and it it blew my mind because i've i've always had this like weird fear of the end of the world ever since i was little like movies like armageddon and stuff i I can't watch them they give me like really bad anxiety for no reason i there's no reason for it i just i've always felt that way so when i saw that in the sky i immediately thought the end of the world like there's a giant comet it's gonna hit the ground but it never moved in the sky it stayed in that one spot for 40 minutes while we were driving because i was glued on it and my mom actually reminded me of that the other day so that i would say i don't know if what that was but it was nothing i'd ever seen nor my mom and i've never seen anything like it again that that was kind of my first experience my second was with a ghost now i come from a family my mom's native american uh my family's very supportive when it comes to ghosts and stuff like that. They all believe very much so in all that stuff. She was always very supportive, so she was one I could always talk to. But I was in sixth grade, and I was staying at a buddy's house. And he just lived in a regular old, you know, regular house in our neighborhood. Good buddy of mine, we were downstairs in his basement. And the way his basement was set up was the kitchen was right above And then there was a stairwell that came down at the back of his house downstairs, and then it opened up into a big room. 
and it was basically like a pool table in the middle of the room. And then he had a big flat uh, tube TV at the time as the nineties on the back wall. And we put a giant beanbag chair right in front of the TV. So it was the TV against the wall, the beanbag chair, and then the pool table. And at the back of the pool table was the stairs that led upstairs. And the stairwell was lit up by a light in the kitchen that they'd left on that night. And we were watching movies of VHS. And when you watch VHS, uh, when it's played through, eventually the screen will just turn blue and it'll stay blue. So the whole room was lit up blue. And we'd we had fallen asleep during the movie, and I'd woken up at like two or three in the morning. I have no idea. I just know it was in the middle of the night. The screen was blue, which meant the VHS had played out for a long time. And I just I just woke right up. I had this really weird, eerie feeling. And I peeked my head up and looked behind me over the pool table. And there was a pure black cowboy standing like uh, he looked exactly like a there's an emblem for Wyoming that's like a cowboy and he's leaned up with his leg crossed and his arms crossed. It's like the Wyoming kind of emblem other than the guy riding the horse, but it looked exactly like that. He was leaned against the wall. I could see jet. He was jet black, but I could see every detail of the outline of him. I could see where his arms were crossed. I could see the wrinkles on the shirt on his elbow. Like it was so detailed, but the light coming down the stairs, it, it you, I would think it would like light him up so I could see maybe like a sh his shirt color or something. Nothing. The blue light from the TV, he was just pitch black. And it scared me. It scared the crap out of me. At first, I thought it was his dad. So I ducked down real quick because, you know, I just didn't want his dad to think we were up or I don't know. I was I was I was pretty scared. And I peeked up over the, the table a couple of times after that just to see if it was still there. And it never left. It stayed right there, never moved. And eventually I fell asleep. I woke up the next day and I asked his dad, who was a little guy. He's probably five foot two, a little man. He was a wrestling coach, really cool guy. I said, hey, uh, were you downstairs last night? Did you come check on us? And he's, no, I, why would I like that? No, I'm not going to come check on you. And I told him, I said, I saw this cowboy and his dad was not a cowboy. So I should have kind of put that together. I said, I saw a cowboy standing downstairs in the basement last night watching us. And his dad said, oh, that's weird. I've heard of a little girl in the house, but never a cowboy. And that sent sh shivers up my spine. I, was, I said, holy crap. Like, I had no idea his house. And I never stayed there again. That, that freaked me out bad enough. I never stayed there again. That was really eerie. Kind of gives me chills just talking about it. <laughs> I, had a, I had another ghost experience in my house. My, the house we grew up in, I, we, my parents just moved out of there last year. But I, from third grade all the way. Until I was out of high school, my parents lived there. And my middle brother had always claimed that he'd see, he'd see stuff in the house, but none of us ever did. And uh, my grandma lived in a house directly behind us. It was like a little tiny one-bedroom house basically in our backyard. And my mom would always go and have coffee with her. And I was taking a shower one day, and I was in the house by myself. And I looked down, and I saw a little girl peeking her head in the shower. And I absolutely just like white out fear. I, 
I froze for a minute and all I could think was I have to run. I have to run. I have to run. So I whipped the shower curtain open. There's nobody there. I don't have any sisters. I have two older brothers. There's no girls around. No girls should be in the house. I grabbed a towel and jetted butt naked over to my grandma's house where my mom was. And I ran in the house and I was like shaking and freaking out. And my, my grandma's like, what are you doing? You know, she's mad because I just busted into her house naked. Basically, I had a towel on. And my mom goes, wait, 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 wait. What, what did you see? And I said, I saw a little girl peek in on me in the shower. And my mom started laughing and she goes, yep, your brother's seen a little girl, not in the bathroom, but he's seen one in the house. And I was like, oh my gosh, which totally freaked me out. Only time I ever seen it. And then, uh, as I got older, I think I was in high school, me and my middle brother believed in this stuff, but my oldest brother has no belief in ghosts or anything like that. He's just not a guy who believes in that stuff. And I was, I think I was just out of high school. I came back to see my mom and my mom believes that she, something attached itself to her. And she brought it back to the house because my brother had seen something and I didn't know. And I was sitting on her, uh, like a recliner chair. And next to the recliner is the stairs that go downstairs. And I looked over and I saw an old lady coming up the stairs, but she looked mad. Like she had, uh, what I, in my brain, when I see it, it's like a witch face, like, like a wicked witch. Like she looked very upset coming up the stairs and I jumped, I jumped clean out of that chair and my mom started laughing and she said, did you see the old lady? And I said, yeah, what was that? And she goes, your, your oldest brother who doesn't believe in that stuff also seen her while he was sitting there. And I was like, holy crap, it scared the crap out of me. My mom got a kick out of it, but I, there's, I'm not afraid of a lot, but ghosts are definitely one of those that I would just rather not have contact with at all. Uh, for, for paranormal stuff. I mean, I, I lived in a, I, I would call it a haunted apartment before I moved to Nebraska, but it wasn't, it was just noises. You'd hear people come up the stairs. There would be nobody there. Nothing ever moved. Not, you know, nothing was ever scary. It wasn't poltergeist, but that was, I think that was about it for probably for, uh, my, my ghost experiences. Super scary though. I, I do not like ghosts. I don't like anything that has to do with ghosts or demons. That's, that stuff scares the crap out of me. But, uh, after I moved out in Wyoming you got like two options. You could either move to another state or you go to the oil field. So I went to the oil field, uh, probably about 2012. Uh, we, I lived in Casper, but I worked in North Dakota and we would do like 29 days on. I worked for a casing inspection crew. So we would drive from rig to rig and we'd clean and inspect their casing. And then we'd drive back. My first I would call it sighting of a UFO. I don't, I, it wasn't quite a UFO. It was just a light, but we had just finished. I th it was probably in 2012. We had finished doing casing and we're waiting on our boss to talk to the company man on the rig. And we're all standing around and we're bull crapping and it's the middle of the night and we are in nowhere, North Dakota and it, but it's beautiful out clear, clear skies. You can see every star in the sky. There's no light pollution. We are in the middle of the prairie. Absolutely gorgeous. And I'm talking to a guy and we're looking up at the stars, just kind of chit chatting. And we see this, this, it looks like a star. It has the same brightness of a star, 
like it's not like a spotlight or anything like that. It just, but it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're like, what is that? That is so weird. Like, look how big it is. And it was, it started out the size of a star. So we didn't notice it. But by the time we were like really focusing on it, it was probably the size of like an apple. If you held it up, it was like, look like it was right on top of us. And there's like 15 guys on our crew. And we're like, dude, look at that. And when we told him about it and looked up, it was gone. It had just vanished out of the sky. There was no, no, it wasn't a plane. There was no noise. There was nothing. Me and the guy are just like, holy crap. Like, apparently we're the only two that saw that because everybody else is like, I don't know what you're looking at. And we're like, well, it was right there above us, like directly above us. It was huge. And then it blinked out. So we were like, oh man, that was crazy. Kind of hyped on that for a while, but of course it's the oil field. We got over it. We couldn't explain it. So we just figured out whatever. It was probably something plain or something. We it's we're in the middle of Nordak. Who knows? I would say I I wouldn't even say it was a few months later. We would drive from North Dakota. We were staying in Killdeer, and then we would drive all the way back to Casper, which took us about nine and a half hours. So we would drive from North Dakota to Kip from Kildeer all the way to Miles City, Montana, which is about the halfway point. We'd get gas, we'd get food and stuff, and then we'd do the last four and a half hours down to Casper. So in between Miles City and Wyoming, there's nothing. There, It's literal open plains. Uh, there's not even telephone wires. There's There's no power lines. There's nothing on this road we took. I mean, it's just flat prairie. You could see for miles and miles. And I got, I'm driving a shuttle van and we probably, I probably got nine guys in there with me. And these guys are all, you know, a lot of them are ex-convicts. Everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. It's a long drive. Everybody's got headphones in. Some people are sleeping. I'm driving. It is a absolutely clear sky, blue skies. As far as you can see, there's not a single cloud. We're driving probably an hour outside of mile city and i look over to my left out of my driver's side window and i see clear as day 150 yards off the road a cigar shaped tube that is super bright like silver like as clean silver as i've ever seen it looked like polished silver and it's just floating above the ground like 50 feet there, I can see underneath it. I can see behind it. And it's just, it's like 150 yards off the road. And I'm confused for a second because I'm look, thinking like there's no power lines out here. There's nothing out here. Like no, there's not a building out here. There's not even animals out there. I mean, there's nothing out there. And I tell the guy in my passenger seat, I said, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. So I wake everybody up. I get everybody's attention in the van because I'm not going to be the only one who sees this. And I'm yelling, get up, hey, everybody, get up, get up, get up. And I tell them, what is that? And they're all looking and they're like, I don't know. And then as we're all staring at it, probably within like 10, 5, 10 seconds of everybody looking at it, like an old tube TV turns off where it looks like the picture folds into itself, like bloop, that's what it did. It just, it was there. And then all of a sudden it just disappeared and I lost it. I went off the rails. I was like, did you see that? Holy crap. You know, I'm losing my mind. Nobody else is excited. 
And I'm like, what? I'm like, you guys act like you, you've, you've seen something like that. I'm like, none of you ever seen nothing like that before. Like, how is that not blowing your guys' minds? And everybody was just like, eh, like, yeah, that was cool, I guess. And it, which kind of took me back. But I've listened to the show enough. I've heard actually that happens a lot, which at the time I knew nothing about UFOs. I was not into that stuff. I had no I was like confused, like, do you guys know what that was? And I'm an idiot. But. Nobody knew what that was, and I was the only one who freak who was freaking out about it. But because of that, I I kind of really didn't say anything because I felt kind of like an idiot, like I was so excited and out of my mind about it. But nobody else was, and I was kind of the younger guy on the crew. And all these some of these guys were a lot older than me and had been out there a long time, so you'd think that they would see a lot. But I was pretty blown away. I was like, man, that is that is absolutely crazy. Oh, I forgot. Uh, so there, I had an incident before any of this happened, and I feel like an idiot for bringing it up, but I just talked to my buddy, two of my buddies, recently after I after I set this uh, interview up. I talked to two of my buddies because I wanted to make sure I, I wasn't, like, kind of hyping myself up about what happened. So we're, I was at a bar in Casper, and this is before the UFO stuff in the oil field, but I was still working in the oil field, and I was hanging out with my buddies. And this couple came up to me. Now, Casper is a very small town. Like, everybody knows everybody. I got friends that went to all the schools. Everybody knows everybody. If you're our age, we know you. That's just kind of the way it is. And I had these two people walk up to me, and they were my age. One of them was a kind of a heftier-looking Hispanic dude, and he was with this beautiful brunette woman. And... They look normal, except for they were wearing like 1970s clothing, which I thought was like really odd. That was like the first thing I noticed was like their bell-bottom pants. I mean, the guy looked like somebody straight off of that 70s show. Like he just, the stuff he was wearing just did not match at all with like that time. And they started talking to me like randomly. I don't know who these people are. I've never met them. None of my friends knew who they were. I don't, I never got their names, but they just started asking me questions about like my belief systems. I don't even know how to explain it. Not like religion or anything, but just like my views on the world, like my views on things. So I just, you know, I was drinking. I started talking to them. I'm a very chatty guy. I'm, I'm a very nice guy. I can get along with anybody. And if you're nice to me, of course, I'm going to be nice to you. I, you know, make two new friends. So we're chatting. As far as I remember, they were super nice. They didn't really talk a lot. They let me kind of go off. And my buddies were like, hey, we're going to go back to uh, this other dude's house. And we're going to go into his backyard and drink some beer. Like, screw the bar. You know, it's too expensive. Let's get some cases and let's go drink it at our buddy's house. And I'm like, that's perfect. So I told these two people, I'm like, you guys want to come with us? And they're like, yeah, we'll go. And I was like, all right, cool. Just follow us. Uh, I jumped in with my buddies. I, I never seen what they drove or what they were in. I, I don't know. They followed us apparently because they were at the house with us. So we're all in the backyard and we're talking and it's just me and them. They didn't talk to anybody else. They didn't talk to any of my friends, nobody else. My friends didn't come talk to us, nothing. And we were talking and then all of a sudden they said, we're not from around here. And in my mind, I thought, well, yeah, I can see that. Like, I can tell. For one, you're dressed really weird, and no, nobody knows you. Like, I knew you weren't from around here. And they said, no, we're not from this planet. And immediately, because 
I was in my young 20s, full of uh, uh, piss and vinegar. I was just like, ah, these people are weird. Like, they kind of, that really threw me off. My my best friend, who I've been best friends with since I was in third grade, was out beyond the fence taking a leak on a tree. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. And this is what I had to ask my buddy about because I was like, I want to remember, I want to see if I'm remembering what happened right and if you remember these people. And he confirmed this. And so I went over to him because he's my best friend. So I can definitely tell him this. And I, I walked over and I said, dude, you know, I'm taking a pee by him. And I was like, dude, these guys just told me that they weren't from this planet. And he started laughing and he's like, yeah, they did kind of seem weird. And I was like, yeah. Well, then I turned around and they were standing directly behind us. Like, and I had that like shame feeling. We're like, you get caught talking crap on somebody and they're standing right behind you because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was like, it was like shame. And then immediately they were, they were, they weren't upset, seemed at all. They were just like, okay, well we're going to go. And I was like, okay. And then I never really thought anything of it. I just always thought, man, what a weird encounter until I saw that UFO. And then I got this like overwhelming feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Like, oh, I could have potentially had an interaction. Now, I'm not saying that these people were. They were very weird. I've never met them before. None of my friends ever met them. If at all it was possible that they were something else, I completely screwed it up with my ego. And it bummed me out. It bummed me out something fierce. But so after all that, the the UFO that I saw, the cigar-shaped one, that was the last thing I ever had happen to me. That was, you know, probably like 2014 or 20, I don't know, somewhere in the early 2010s. And then I never thought about UFOs again. And then the oil field died out. I moved to Nebraska, married my wife. We live in a nice little town that come to find out is famous for a UFO abduction. And uh, I guess, uh, in the 60s, a UFO landed or hovered above a water tower here, and they abducted the sheriff of the town, and it wasn't like a bad abduction. They abducted him. They, like, showed him around the ship, said, you know, this is, this is what we do. This Look, check out our ship. The guy was like, oh, this is awesome. And they're like, all right, man, thanks for coming by. Uh, we'll see you later. Dropped him back down, and they took off. So that's this little town I live in is, is famous for this, and... When I found that out, it like kind of triggered all these old memories of like, holy crap, I've had UFO experiences. Like, that's awesome. So coming from Casper in Wyoming, which there's nothing there. I mean, you can't even see a concert. There's there's nothing there. You got to go to Denver or somewhere bigger. So I asked my wife, who'd lived here for 10 years already. I said, I said, is there anything like UFO groups here? And she said, I think, you know, look it up. I'm sure Omaha has something or Lincoln. So I looked it up and I found MUFON. And there's like an actual MUFON group that you can go to if you want. And you can sit in on a meeting that's held at a college in Omaha. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I got a hold of them. They're like, yeah, come by, you know. So that's what I did. I went by, uh, sat in on one of their meetings, and they were like, okay, well, tell us your thing. So I told them all, you know, about these little incidences that happened. And I'm not saying all MUFON's bad, but the, the, the feeling I got from these guys was they didn't care about anything unless it was abduction. Uh, unless you've been abducted, 
they didn't really care about your story. Like that's all they wanted to hear was because they kept saying, were you abducted? Can you remember an abduction? No, I, I don't think I was abducted. Well, you know, unless you got proof, we, we really don't care. And it was like, ah, that sucks. But uh, there was one guy there. His name was Fred. Real nice guy. He was uh, an abductee. And he would he told me, you know, he pulled me off to the side at the end. I think he could kind of tell that I was a little bummed out about the response I got. And he's like, dude, uh, you should go home and meditate. Like practice. I never meditated before or nothing like that. And he's like, you know, do this. You know, picture yourself out in the universe, whatever, meditate, and then just uh, ask for some connection, you know, put it out there. So I was like, all right, you know, might as well give it a try. So this is like in 2018. Now, my wife is a forensic entomologist. She's a professor at a college here. Uh, she's very much science, very much non-religious, doesn't really believe in any of that kind of stuff. I think she believes a little bit in aliens. Because of her, she had some things happen to her when she was a kid, but not, she's not, she, she's more, if I can't see it or feel it, it's not really real. So I didn't really have her to bounce off of when it come to this kind of stuff. So I was just kind of winging it. And my mom, I would call her and ask her about stuff like that. And she would just, you know, eh, you know, you just gotta, you know, do what they, you know, try to meditate or, you know, my mom is a, what they call it. She calls herself a dream walker where she feels like she can travel in her dreams. So when it comes to dreams, I can talk to her, but anything else she's just kind of, she doesn't really know about. So I go home and I do this for a couple of nights and nothing happens. And I'm like, eh, you know, it, meditation was nice. Like I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed calming my body down. And then one night I had this, it was a very short dream, but I was in a white room sitting cross-legged from my wife. And I feel like we were wearing like these white, like, hospital clothes it looked like like pure white hospital looking clothes and there was somebody saying something and i can't remember i i have no idea what it was it was like kind of muffled like and my wife reached out and put her hand on my leg and i i climaxed like like i with just her reaching out and putting her hand on my leg and i was like i i woke up immediately after that like i felt the sensation and everything and i woke up immediately after that and my wife woke up at the same exact time and i looked over at her and i said i just had the weirdest dream and she said yeah i just had a dream that a sex dream about you but you came early and i was like holy crap like that blew me and then i told her my dream and i was like well i was sitting indian style in front of you you reached out and touched me and i you know she's like she never really said anything about what her dream was. It was just more like, like we never really got to it. But the, the fact that that happened to us both in the same night, the same dream after I had reached out, you know, mentally or whatever, tell to the universe, it just, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I was like, Holy crap. Like it was exciting. But at the same time, it was very scary. I have not done that again. Although I really want to, I want to like put it out there, but I'm super I'm a little sketched out about, you know, something dark coming because I, I don't really know how to protect myself when it comes to all of that. I just, ugh, it was just creepy. It was very scary. It was pretty intense. Um, oh, okay. So I wanted to talk about this dream I had. This is a dream I had before I was, I'm pretty sure it's before any of the, the alien stuff while I was in the, in the oil field, but I was in the oil field and this dream, this was a dream that impacted me so deeply for one, I had to call my mom to ask her because I was beside myself 
emotionally. Like I've never had anything like touch my heart or, or like my soul as much as a dream like this did. And it was a super weird dream. And now where I'm at in life now, it kind of weirdly filled a bunch of the blanks in, but I'll tell you the dream. So I had a dream. This is before I ever had kids. I was living by myself or with my buddy. I was in my early twenties. You know, I was five years away from having my son. I wasn't even with my wife yet. Uh, I had this dream that I was in. It was pitch blackout and there was a cornfield in front of me. And we were on these like rolling hills and it was me and this little blonde girl and I had her by the hand. And in my mind, I knew that I had to protect her. Like there was like this deep knowing that like I have to protect this girl. And there was black shadows all around us. And I'm running towards the cornfield and there's two like torches, like tiki torches at the front of this cornfield. So it's lighting up the, this like little pathway in between the cornfields. And I, I just know in my brain, if I get to that light, we're going to be okay. Like if I can get us to the light, we're going to be fine. But there was all these black shadows that I could see all around us. And as we're running through this cornfield, I see a body and it has a gun next to it. So I pick the gun up and as we're running, I'm just shooting into the, the darkness at these figures. And I don't know if I'm hitting any of them or anything. And we get to the light finally. And we're in between the cornfield. There's like a pathway in between it. So we're in between. And I turn around and I look at this little girl. And I am completely full of rage. Because I know who she is. And I said, who are you? And she said, I'm your daughter. And I said, I know you're my daughter. Why don't I remember you? Because in my brain, I knew she was my daughter, but she was like eight years old and I have zero memory of her at all. And it, it angered me so much that I didn't remember her at all. Not no memory of her. And she got mad and said, you don't remember me because you won't allow it. And then it ended. And like, it was I woke up and I was completely beside me. I was crying. I called my mom. I'm like, what does this mean? And she's like, I don't know. You know, I didn't, I hadn't, I don't even have a girlfriend at the time. I was not planning on having kids anytime soon. It, it's still to this day, it still shook me. And I, you know, I was living in Wyoming where there's just flat prairies. And then I moved to Nebraska where it's all cornfields. I still, I don't have a daughter. I, I, my, I have a son. I don't know. I don't know what it all meant. To me, after I started getting more and more into this, I don't want to say it like a child, like a like a star child or something, you know, something like that. Like I, I have like an alien baby or something, but it was the it's still the it was the most impactful dream I've ever had. I've never the feeling I had. The reason why I was so upset was because the feeling that I had for her was. Only the feeling that a, a, a parent has for their child, like the love. What freaked me out the most was I'd never felt any emotion like that power wise, like love wise until I had my son. And then it clicked in my head, like, holy crap, like this, the, the amount of fear and love all mixed into one is like the, you, you can only know if you've had a child like that. You're so afraid, but you love them so much. It's like a combined fear, love feeling. 
but it's so overwhelming and, and happy. But it's, I felt that with that little girl in my dream, but I've never, I never knew what it was until I had my own son. And then I felt it again. And I'm like, Oh, that's what that was. But I don't know why that would resonate in me in a dream with a little girl I've never met, especially a little blonde girl. I'm I, I have never met a little, you know, I don't have kids. She's not mine. So I don't know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Introducing the High Strangeness Coffee Blend by Redacted Coffee Company, a medium roast of the Brazilian kind. This medium roast offers flavors of chocolate and vanilla combined with a distinct fruity taste and a unique sweet flora aroma. The experience of High Strangeness doesn't end there, with a sweet butter aftertaste that doesn't fade as your coffee cools. This coffee regains its flavors all the way through your cup, ensuring it truly is good to the last drop. The veteran-funded, employee-owned Redacted Coffee Company and UFO Chronicles podcast have partnered together to bring you the best coffee on and off the planet. Get 20% off your first order now at redactedcoffee.com forward slash UFO. That's redactedcoffee.com forward slash UFO. Or follow the link below in this episode's description or click on the banner of my website. This podcast is fueled by coffee oozing high strangeness. So what are you waiting for? Wake up to the strange. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker 
and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. But that was that was a crazy impactful dream. That's I know a lot of people there's like weirdness about dreams, but that's one I can't shake. I don't know. I think that's all. I don't I don't really have much else. Yeah, that is a strange one. And that is an odd dream with your with your daughter. Or yeah, your, or your dream I, I, daughter. I, I'm telling you, I've never and to this day I've never had a dream like that. And I've never had one that impact. I've had end of the world dreams. There those are almost constant for me. And I don't know why. But that was the that dream impacted me so much. It was so weird. Because I didn't have kids. I wasn't thinking about having kids. And then for that to happen, all I could think of was like, does this mean I'm going to have a daughter or something? And then I had my son. So I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I had a boy, not a girl. And me and my wife are not having kids. Like that was it. One and done. So. And it's weird that she said, you don't remember or you don't want to remember. Yeah. She, it was weird to me that I was so angry at her. Like it was her fault that I didn't remember her. Because that was what was going through my head. Like, it's your fault that I can't remember you. Why can't I remember you? And I was so mad at her. And then she was like, because you won't allow it. And then I was like, well, what the heck does that mean? And then I didn't say that out loud, but in my mind, that's what I was thinking. What does that mean? And then I woke up. Oh, my gosh. That was a very impactful dream, man. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It was weird. It's still a weird dream, even though I even, even though I have a kid, it's still weird. <laughs> like, when did you when did you have that one? Oh, uh, it's probably like 2012, 2013 ish. And you've not had you not had anything like that since. No, never never had a dream of a of a girl. Never of a uh, of a. I've had dreams of my son, but never of any any children like that. And that one was so weird though, because it's to me it has like a kind of coincidence. That after that, I moved to a state that is known for corn. Nebraska is the corn state. So in that dream, I I was going to a cornfield. And then I moved later on to a state that is surrounded in cornfields. Everything around us is corn. I don't know. It was almost like I was foreseeing, like, this is where I needed to go or something. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though. It is odd. Yeah. And I would have, I would have never guessed to move to Nebraska. (laughs) This is not a state I want to live in. Do you like corn? I hate corn. (laughs) (laughs) My allergies here are absolutely crippling. (laughs) Like every spring, fall and winter, I am a complete mess of allergies. So the moral is if you have allergies, don't move to the corn husk state. Oh my gosh. Don't move here. It is terrible. (laughs) <laughs> and the humidity is even worse. <laughs> See, I love corn. Oh, I, I can't stand. Yeah, that's Nebraska. Where I live, our county is famous. I live in Gloucestershire, and we're famous for sausages, Gloucester sausages, and we're famous for cheese because we have this hill just down the road from me, and it's... Uh, oh, you guys do the cheese run there. The cheese, the cheese rolling, yeah. Yeah, I saw a documentary on that. That looked... Oh man, I felt so bad for those people that break their bones. I'm like, oh my gosh. Ugh. And all you get is a brick of cheese. <laughs> it's been going about oh, well over 100, 200 years, I think. I first went up there in, in the 80s. Yeah. Every year, more and more people go. Thousands of people go now from all around the world. But we used to go, and it used to be only really people from the town. 
the cheese is pretty big. It's a big old wheel of cheese, all right? And it flies down that hill. It's a serious incline to that hill. I've been up and I've been down that yeah. hill. It's called Cooper's Hill. But yeah, it's mental. It's oh, mental man. up there. Oh, crap, man. Yeah, I've seen that. They had like a little documentary on it, on that cheese hill, like a girl who was a champion of it. I was like, man, but she like broke her ankle and... Yeah, collarbones, arms, legs, everything. Up, That's what we're famous for. And rugby. Jeez. Man, we're not famous for anything other than corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Children of the Corn film there? Was that was that Nebraska? Yeah, it's got to be Nebraska. Yeah. I don't know. I this is I don't consider this my state at all. I'm a Wyoming guy. Like, I grew up there. I was born in North Carolina, so I was born on the East Coast, and then I moved to Wyoming at a year old. So that's that's my home, so... I'm I'm all about mountains and hunting and fishing and that's where I grew up. And then I moved to a state that's completely flat with no mountains. It's <laughs> <So> like, man, <laughs> what am I thinking here? Now this cylinder craft you saw, you said it was about 150 foot off the road. Yeah, uh, uh, like 150 yards. Yeah, it's probably floating because it, it was floating. It was stationary. It never moved. Uh, the best way, the the size of it, I would say. If you took like a fat Sharpie and just held it in front of you, like at arm's length, it was that, it was a big craft, like the size of like a fat Sharpie in your hand. And it was like 50 feet off the ground and it didn't, I couldn't see anything. It would just look like a, like, like just like a cigar tube. That's exactly how I explained it. And this was before I ever knew anything about alien spacecrafts all i knew was saucers like you know the classic saucer spacecraft i had no idea that cigar shaped ships were a thing and then when i saw that you know and then i learned it i'm like holy crap i've seen one of those like this is amazing and it was it was it was exact it was a cigar that's what it looked like just a cigar shape it was it didn't move nothing it then it just it blipped out it just it like sucked into itself black hole in the middle it just whoop gone like it blinked out of this dimension. <laughs> I don't, it, it completely blew my mind. I was blown away, but nobody else was. It was like they'd seen something like that before. And it completely threw me off. Completely blase about it. Well, it, and then the fact that there was like nine of us and none of them thought that it was insane. Like, the, and I'm screaming, you never seen nothing like that before. How are you guys not excited or freaking out about this? And they were just like, nah. Because I'm not the guy to let it go. Like, oh, yeah, no, you know, no. I was like, how, is, how are none of you guys freaking out? Like, that was, you, none of you ever seen nothing like that before. I've never seen anything like that before. And they were just like, eh, you know, eh. Like, yeah, not a big deal. And then I, to me, I just thought that that was just very strange until I was listening to your podcast and started finding out that happens a lot. <laughs> like, a lot of people see that, experience people just, meh, about, something incredibly strange or, you know, something nobody's ever seen before. Like how, how I just, in my brain, I could not fathom how they were not as excited as I was about it. Yeah. Sure. The alien UFO apathy. Yeah. And I, again, I had no idea that this, that was even a thing. I literally just could not explain it in my brain. Like how, how are you guys not as excited as I am? That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And still to this day, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, something just completely disappearing, like bloop, blipped out in less than a second while we're all looking at it. It's not like we looked away and looked back and it was gone. We watched it do it. We watched it disappear. 
that was to me that was what was the craziest part like if i looked away and then looked back and it was gone i might have tried to think oh okay maybe it was you know something maybe yeah i don't know maybe maybe i was just imagining that or i I don't know but the fact that we were all staring at it all of us and then it just disappeared while we were looking at it and there was the the we had another company truck in front of us and they didn't see anything they didn't see it at all but it was so big and right off the road it was like how do you not see that it's right next to us like i just glanced out of my window and there it was but they didn't see it and they were they were a car length ahead of me and none of them saw it and there was five guys in that truck in front of us and it was in the afternoon wasn't it so what nice nice oh, clear yeah, blue yeah, sky i think we leave at seven in the morning it's about four and a half hours to mile city and like i said we're we're probably 45 minutes to an hour outside of mile city so it was the dead middle of the noon like afternoon completely blue skies beautiful out I mean, not, not a cloud in the sky. The wind wasn't blowing. It was middle of, I'd say summer. It was nice out. It was beautiful. Yeah, there was, it was not, and there's no power lines. There was no, there was nothing out there. It's just flat prairie. That's all there is. And then there it was, it was just sitting, you know, just chilling by the, by the road. (laughs) Nobody's nobody seemed to care. It just seemed like I was the only one who was completely out of my mind about it. And I, I mean, I've, I've talked to uh, my buddy that I worked with because I, I couldn't remember if he was on that trip with us. And it, I called him like a week ago and I was like, do you remember that? And he's like, no, man. He's like, I only remember you telling me about it. Like nobody else said anything about it. I was the only one, even after the fact that was like, oh my gosh, you know, we saw, we saw UFO. Nobody else said anything about it. Nobody cared. Could you see any features um, with the object? No, it was like a very shiny silver. That was, that was all I could tell. Like it was absolutely, it was a, the perfect cigar shape. There was nothing on it, no windows, no nothing like that. And it was just beautifully polished, absolutely flawlessly polished. And it just blinked out like a TV. Yeah. Like an old tube TV. Cause it, I mean, it didn't like dis it was like it sucked into the middle of it like that's what it looked like everything disappeared from the edges inward like it bloop, like an old tube tv that turns off the picture just everything goes into the middle of the screen like that's what it did yeah that's pretty interesting now you and your family are quite open with the paranormal right yeah yeah my mom my dad's more old school western i don't think he believes in aliens per se but he definitely uh believes in ghosts. I, my dad's very tough, military, very old school. I didn't, I never really went to him about ghosts because I never thought he would, I, I didn't think he believed in it until I got older. And then he, he told me a story about a house that we all lived in when I was little. And uh, we lived in it. My grandma, the one who lived behind us in that other ghost story, she's kind of always lived with us, like around us. It's my mom's mom. And she lived in this house with us. And I don't remember this house ever being scary, anything like that. But her, my grandma, my mom, and my dad were all having coffee at the table in the kitchen. And my mom was walking to the front door. And then my mom had one of these, have you ever seen a six wick candle? They're about nine inches around and about a foot tall. They weigh like five pounds. They're huge candles. 
my dad said him and my grandma were sitting in the in the kitchen drinking coffee talking and my mom got up to go to the front door i think she was leaving and that candle was in the living room and it flew off the table and hit my mom and my mom turned around and said like that for one that's not funny like that's a big candle don't throw it at me and my she said that my dad and my grandma were ghost white and they were like we didn't throw that at you that came off the table next to you so my dad and then i was like okay okay cool my so my dad does believe in this stuff somewhat <laughs> but my mom's always been very very you know she believes very much in the spirits but she she grew up native american so she's she has like weird connections to the spirit world. My grandfather, her her dad, is an empath. I think uh, he's he claims that he can connect with his dead brother, and that he talks to his parents still. And he's eighty, so he says he st- still claims, yeah, I, I can I can speak to him. Like they talk to me, but he's very much Native American belief. Like uh, I don't even know because I don't I don't follow that stuff, but. Yeah, that's my mom. When I started telling my mom about the dreams that I have, she, the first thing she told me is you have the gift, too. And I said, well, I, what does that mean? And she said her grandmother, Mammy, that's what she called her, was an empath and a, she had foresight. And then my mom is what, a dream walker and also has somewhat foresight. So she can she like senses things that are bad before they happen. Uh, my uncle, her brother, just died at the end of this last year of COVID. And my mom had called him a couple of times just to check on him. And one day she just woke up and told my dad, we have to go to his house now. And they were, rushed over there and he was almost dead. He was blue. His oxygen levels were completely depleted. And she's like, I don't know why, but when I woke up, I had this overwhelming feeling that he was in trouble. And I mean, he passed away from it. But my, my mom just has like this weird sense. She can sense these types of things. Like it's very strong in her. And she's always told me like you, you need to figure out how to, how to control it if you do have it, because it's, it can be useful, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I've always kind of been not skeptical, but just like eh, bland about it because I don't know anybody who has any knowledge in that stuff. So to me, it's, I'm like, I have no help. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to not think about it because I, I don't know could be an interesting thing to explore you know especially your heritage and all and uh yeah you know you especially you know mum's a dream walker i mean that's pretty cool you know anytime she wants to come on and share some of those accounts she is more than welcome yeah and i i don't even know what a dream walker is all she told she and my dad has even said yeah there's something there's something going on with your mom is that she says she can tr- she can travel to different planes when she's asleep like not like airplanes, but she she can travel other places when she's sleeping. She told me that she, my grandpa also has the ability. She said that they live an hour apart, and she said that she had coffee with him in his kitchen while she was sleeping. Like she traveled to his house and drank coffee with him. And then I was like, well, how do you know? That wasn't a dream. And she's like, because I talked to your grandpa, and he told me that I was there drinking coffee with him. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Like that's. I don't know. It's very bizarre. This it's just I'm I'm more of my dad's son than my mom's, you know, so I'm I'm more old school kind of stubborn about it, but I, again, I my mom said that there was a girl, a lady who was supposed to teach her how to like how to use it, 
but that lady died before she ever got to teach my mom anything. So my mom was just kind of left to her own to figure it out. But she's like, I don't know enough about it to help you. So get a book and read about it. <laughs> I'm not even for sure that I have any like I, I'm not an empath. I cannot communicate with anything beyond myself. Thank God, because I, I think I would die of fright. But foresight, maybe there's I've had a couple of experiences where I thought something and then it happened moments later. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. That's a little that's a little strange. Uh, there was, oh man, the weirdest one. And this is this was even hard for me to believe when it happened. I was walking. I was a little kid. I was probably 10 years old. And I was walking through a field, uh, going across a park to go see my buddy. And a car was driving. And when you're a kid, you're just thinking weird stuff when you walk by yourself. You're just kind of always thinking of weird stuff. And I saw a vehicle, like a truck, driving down the road that I was about ready to come to. And all I thought in my head was, that car, somebody's going to pull a gun out, uh, point a gun at me from that car. And when I looked up, there was a kid with his arm leaned out the window with a cap gun pointed at me. And it was my, as soon as I saw who it was, it was my buddy, but it always kind of blew my mind a little bit that I was like, I totally thought that that was going to happen right before it happened. And it was like a cap gun. Like it was just a little cap gun. He was just saying, what's up. But I, when I saw the truck, there was no windows down. It was just a truck. I didn't recognize it. And I thought, Oh, somebody's going to pull a gun on me in that truck. And when I looked up, my buddy was leaned out the window with a cap gun pointed at me. And I was just like, holy crap, that's weird. And I told my mom about it. And that's, you know, that's when she started telling me like, oh, you might have, you might have something. You might have the gift that's in our family. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I've dreamt. I remember as being a kid, it would be nothing, nothing great, nothing spectacular. I would dream things and then they would happen. And it wasn't anything bad or good. It was just certain things, like certain situations that would happen. And I would tell my mom in the moment, I dreamt about this. And she would say, no, you, you have deja vu. No. And I tell her, no, 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 no. I remember the dream. I dreamt about this. Like this, I've dreamt this before. This was, that's not deja, deja vu is a completely different feeling. It's like, it's weird. It's like reliving a memory. It, yeah, it's like, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Like deja vu is like, you're kind of confused for a second and you feel like you've been there. In those incidences, it was, I have dreamt this exact scenario. I know what's happening. Like, this isn't a confusing moment. I've dreamt, I dreamt this like the other night, this, this exact scenario. It's, it's a way different feeling than deja vu. But since I've gotten older, it, that doesn't really happen to me much anymore. I don't know why, but it just, maybe my, my innocence depleted, but it, it doesn't really happen much anymore. But I remember telling my mom that a lot as a kid, like I've dreamt of, I've dreamt this before, like this moment we're in right now, I've, I've had a dream of it. And she's like, oh, that's, you know, that's strange. <laughs> like, you know, you might have the gift. I was like, okay, I don't know. Foresight. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like you got well, something it, going on there. She told me, she's like, you know, cause I was, I, I haven't talked to her about this stuff in a long time. So I called her after I talked, after I'd emailed you and I was like, mom, I'm going to go on this show. I want to talk about this stuff, but I, I don't want to sound like I'm crazy because I actually don't know a lot about any of this stuff. And I was like, you, you know, more, a little bit more than I do. And she's like, yeah, you know, you might have the gift of foresight and all this. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I told her, I'm like, you know, I've always had horrifying dreams about the end of the world always. And she's like, they're all kind of natural disaster issues. And I was like, so if I have foresight, I hope I don't, because I don't want 
<laughs> that kind of stuff to come true because it's always just terrifying in my dreams and i always die like i'm never it's not like i ever get away i always die at the end i oh i just i had one the other night that was and it all, they always take place in wyoming that i was driving in wyoming and there was a giant green sphere like cylinder looking thing coming through the clouds and it was very very bright green which is to me this this one was not a natural disaster one but all the clouds were circling around it almost like a tornado and then something shot out of the end of it and everything went white and i was like holy crap i woke up in a sweat i was like whoa 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 that was that one was intense so i don't know what that was well i told my buddy about that my best friend that i called to talk to him about the the other incident and he's like he said he said what he said it was a green light i said yeah and where where i told him that the dream had happened was around the mountain that we live right at the base of and he said a couple of years ago he went hunting with one of our other buddies and he had driven back there and he had seen a giant green light back in that area and i was like whoa and he's like i'm not saying they're connected I'm just saying that's really odd. <laughs> I was like, well, I just had this dream like a week ago. So I don't, you know, I don't think there's any connection, but it was just odd to him because he doesn't really believe in this stuff. But he's like, that's just really weird, man. He's like, I saw a green light back there, like a really bright one in the sky. And he's like, I can't explain it. I was like, oh, that is weird. Try and have better dreams. The thing we need is end the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dreams going on at the minute. Yeah. They're usually about Yellowstone. And I think that was basically growing up in Wyoming. There was always talk about Yellowstone blowing. Right. Right. So, and it was always like, you know, what's our survival rate and stuff. It was there. A lot of that happened when you're a kid in Wyoming, everybody talked about Yellowstone. So I think a lot of the ones when I was a kid were, were that one. Uh, I had a, the very first, one I had was unlike any dream I've ever had. And the older I get, the weirder to me it becomes because I've never had a dream like this. And it was about the end of the world. I, I don't, I, in my head, I think a comet had hit the planet. So where I lived, we were running up the mountain, me and my buddy, and all the ocean waves, like these gigantic thousand foot waves had surrounded us from all sides, 360 degrees. And we're standing on the mountain and looking all around us and all the waves just stopped all just kind of sitting there. And then all of a sudden, like our spirits left our bodies. It was like, I, I can, that's exactly what happened. Our spirits left our bodies. Like we were blue and we just rose up and I could see him and he could see me, but we were just spirits and we were just rising into the air. And then I woke up. And I thought that was very weird. I never had a dream. And that was when I was little. I was a little kid when that happened. Yeah, that's messed up. That's uh Yeah, that was a crazy dream, but yeah, that's it. Hopefully none of this will come true. I don't know, man. That spirit one was pretty cool. <laughs> I know the end of the world ones, but that spirit one was cool. For sure, for sure. And like I said if if this episode makes it to air, then we know we've we've done okay for a few months <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, no no. No alien takeovers, no nuclear holocaust. No, I've never had dreams like that. It was basically Yellowstone and uh, some green thing that hit the earth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but whatever it happened, you know, it, in every dream, it always ends like immediately. So I don't think anybody will suffer. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. Let's just quickly go back to uh, the cowboy ghost. Yeah. You saw him in a lot of detail. Kind of shows yeah. me the image like the, uh, the the Marlboro man. Yeah, yep. Um, I, w- I wish that I could like show a picture of this. There's there's a, a famous Wyoming like cowboy. It's you know Wyoming has its symbol. It's a it's a bronc rider. But there's another symbol that's a lot like the Marlboro man, where it's just a cowboy with his arms crossed, with his hat on. I think he's got like a piece of hay in his mouth, and he's got his arms crossed with one leg, uh, bent up over the other, like leaning up against something. You know, that's exactly what this guy looked like. Exactly. There was no there was. I couldn't see through it. That's why I thought it was his dad because it was so solidly black. I, all I could think of is that this is a person. But then as I started, you know, as I got older and thought more about it, like the light from the bottom of the stairs coming down where he was standing, I should have been able to see him like uh, something, a color of a shirt, the color of his pants, his boots. I should have been able to see some sort of color to it because of the light, the light was bright i mean they left the kitchen light on upstairs and the blue light coming from the tv coming the other way should have illuminated him in some other way at least his face never saw anything he was just jet black completely black and he never moved and man i was so scared (laughs) (laughs) that's cool though that's cool and my the buddy he has an older he has an older sister and an older brother and his older brother is like 20 years older than us. So he was already way moved out of the house. And his dad told me the next day that it was his oldest brother that had seen a little girl in the house. So, but to me, that shocked me. I mean, his dad was the wrestling coach. Like he was a, he was a no bull crap guy. He was, but he was very tiny, which I, I guess I just, my, my child's brain never put together that if that was his dad, it, it would have been a much smaller guy. He wouldn't have been wearing cowboy clothes because his dad's not a cowboy. He's always wore sweats and a T-shirt, like, <laughs> you know, basically ready for wrestling practice type of guy. It was I don't know. It was very strange, but it was it shook me even more when his dad said, ah, oh, little uh, oh, a guy. That's weird. I never heard of a cowboy, just a little girl. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> your house is so haunted. <laughs> I don't want to stay here anymore. <laughs> could be that they've just never seen you know the cowboy before i yeah i don't my buddy was sound asleep i i just had woken up out of nowhere like it it hadn't it wasn't like anything had happened that woke me up. i had just woken up like being fresh out of sleep i was wide awake i wasn't drowsy i wasn't tired i i was like when you when you catnap and you wake up and you feel completely 100 percent after like an hour that that's what it felt like like I was completely awake and I felt like somebody was watching me. So I peeked up over the table and there was a guy and I was like, holy crap, holy crap, like almost crippling fear. But I was trying to tell myself it was his dad checking on us. It's just his dad checking on us. And then I kept looking and he was still there. And then I'd peek over again and he was still there. <laughs> like, <it> was just, <laughs> and, and I'm sure if it was his dad, he would have said, dude, it's fine. Like, you're OK. Go to sleep. Like, you know, like it would be clear to see a little kid do that, that he was scared. So if it was his dad, I'm sure his dad would have relieved my fear and been like, it's just me. You're, you're okay. I was just checking on you. You know, the same, the same of spurs going around <laughs> as he walks away. I don't know, man. I never, I never heard any noises. I never heard anything. He never moved. He was stayed in the same. It was almost like a cardboard cutout. 
You know, like that's what it seemed like. It never moved an inch, never got closer, further away, never changed positions, just stood in that same spot like that. No red eyes, no nothing like that. It was just a sheer black jet black figure. It was, it was, it was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Good stuff. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. A little off topic, not only have you been dabbling in the paranormal, but you've been dabbling in podcasts and you've got a little, yeah. you've got a little podcast on the go, right? I do. Yeah. It's, it's just called Two Drunk Bros. It has nothing to do with aliens. It's just me and my buddy. We just talk about everything and anything. Movies, video games, comics. Yes. A lot of them are about video games, comics. That was what we started it for was video games, comic books, stuff because we're huge. We're huge nerds. And then basically, we, it's kind of just dribbled into we just talk about everything now. Life, kids, comic books. We're, it's an absolutely hilarious podcast. So we've been told. <laughs> we think we're funny, but other people have told us that, yeah, you guys are pretty good on there. So, uh, But it's just a little YouTube podcast. They're really long episodes, though. So if you're bored and you ain't got a lot going on, you know. They're easy to listen to. They're like two hours long. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. So if anyone else wants to visit, you're, you're only on YouTube, right? Yeah, only on YouTube. Okay, two drunk uh, bros. Not for the easily offended either. They're, we, My buddy and me have a, a, a darker than, than most sense of humor. <laughs> so, view, <laughs> so you've been warned. Viewer discretion advised. Yeah, you've been warned. Yeah, yeah. They're not for the easily offended. Well, hey, man, I, I absolutely appreciate you. I love your show, dude. You, this is the best. I've listened to a lot of UFO podcasts after I watched, listened to all yours. I was like, oh, I got to find something else to fill the gap. There's not, nobody does it like you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, you're, you've spoiled me for months now. And now, now that I've caught up, I'm like, dang it. Nobody else is as good as Nick. <laughs> uh, you just say, surprise I, me that you've blown up. It's, you're just saying, that. yeah. Well, you, you make this very easy. That's I'm, I'm I'm sure a lot of people are like pretty hesitant because they yes. get nervous. But, man, you just roll in and make it super easy for people. Well, I mean, not everybody comes from people who understand them either. Maybe they're afraid of oh, if somebody hears this, you know, I'm going to get like ostracized from this this group of people, which I'm I'm super open about everything. I, I I'm one of those people who just don't care. Like my mom and dad are pretty cool people. I've always had a pretty good group and my friends are all. They know that I'm not going to make crap like that up. So they're like, oh, man, that's crazy. Like, wish we could have saw it. But, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so Yeah, it's good that you're surrounded by people like that. Yeah, not everyone has that, you know. I mean, to be honest, yeah. you know, I've had I've had people from NASA on here. I've had scientists. I've had doctors. I've had firefighters, truckers, you name it. And a lot of time we don't say what their job is or even sometimes their name. That's why we have to keep it sometimes keep yeah. the name um but it's just everyday people you know so not everyone is very articulate some people find it difficult to open up 
but I wanted to make it as easy as possible for everyone, you know? And, um, yeah. And you know, every episode of release, I get more people contact me. I heard so-and-so on, or I've just heard Cody on and this happened to me and you know, so it, that's how it does. It snowballs. Yep. That's, that's why I wanted to contact you. Cause I heard so many stories that were like mine that in my brain, I'm like, Holy crap. That's holy. Like I've, I've I've, I've seen that. I've, I've, you know, I've felt that that's crazy. I've the dream thing. I never even put together that my, it might have anything to do with this kind of stuff until I listen to your podcast. And then I heard all these people talking about their dreams and I'm like, man, like I've always had weird dreams. Like my mom tells me I'm, you know, got some sort of thing going on. Like maybe I should say something about it. Maybe somebody else could connect with it. And then I heard a girl you had on that said that she has always had end of the world dreams. And I was like, holy crap, like me and that girl, I can't remember what episode that was, but me and that girl had so much in common. Just listening to her, I was like, holy crap, Like this girl, <laughs> I think she's she's she was the one who said that she had a interaction about she was one of five. And I was like, oh, I, I know nothing about that. But she she was talking about how she's always had reoccurring end of the world dreams. And I was like, man, I've never talked to anybody else who's had those. Like I keep them to myself because I just figure it's just my brain. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a few on, but yeah, it's um, there's so many reoccurring themes I have on this show now. Man, they got to mean something, man. It's not coincidence, you know. Yeah, exactly. No like coincidence. That's kind of what opened my eyes. I'm like, well, other people have the exact same things going on that I did. This cannot be a coincidence. Like, I, even if even if they were all making it up, how does everybody make up the same stuff? It just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm like, eh, there's something to it. There's books I've read years ago and there's people I've met that I've had experiences that haven't shared them. All right. And uh, there's the similarities in that that I'm hearing again and again and again. And because these similarities are so subtle, it's not a factor. So if someone's going to lie, they're going to pull certain things out and they're not going to think about adding all these other things. So it's it's quite complicated. Um, But yeah, a lot of these little similarities do pop up now and again. Yeah. Just just purely because you've had way more conversations with people, I just want to ask you this, because my wife, again, she's like a doctor, full on, does not believe in anything that she cannot see, touch, or explain. She told me, and this blew me away, because she's never told me anything like this. This was after the dream thing, because I was like, I, you know, uh, I was like, man, this is UFO stuff. She's like, ah, you know, ah. She told me that when she was a little girl, she woke up in her bed and there was what she, all she can describe him as is the Grinch sitting with his feet on her bed. Like he was sitting in a chair with his feet cross-legged on her bed. And she calls him the Grinch because when he smiled, he had like a hundred teeth and they were all jagged like the Grinch. Like they were all overlapping each other. And there was just like an enormous amount of teeth in his mouth. But she said he sat there on her, like with his feet on her bed for like an hour and he just smiled at her. And I was like, what? Like that. I never heard anything like that. I've listened to your podcast. Every time I listen to people's stories, I listen for something kind of like that. I've never heard any other story like that. And she said she was so scared. She couldn't even scream. She was just frozen. Well, but she said, she said he looked like the Grinch. I've had quite a lot of strange creatures and, and things turn up in, in, in children's bedrooms, you know, especially when they were younger. So get your wife to record it, we'll put it on, and then we'll see what else we get. Yeah, because I've never heard anybody else explain, like, describe anything quite like that. 
thought that that was, and she's only ever told me that once. And I try to talk to her about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, yeah, no. she doesn't want to talk to me about it. But I'm like, man, that is like, that's crazy. Like that is, a, that's scary as hell. <laughs> like, that's super scary. And she led there for an hour while he was on the end of the bed, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She just laid there staring at it. She said, she said she was absolutely, her dad was a U.S. Marshal. So like, you know, her dad was her, her protector. And she said she was so scared. She couldn't do anything like she, and it didn't move. She said it just smiled at her and she could see all of its teeth. And it was just like, not sharp teeth, just like the Grinch, like all of all the teeth overlapping each other. And there was just hundreds of them, hundreds of teeth in its mouth. Yeah, that's pretty, that's insane. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Oh man, my wife, oh man, I want my wife to get on here. My wife has had incredible, uh, we had a black cat that just died last year. Her name was Cersei. My wife had her for like 19 years. And my wife only allows black animals in our house because she had a dream when she was in college that she was attacked by a dog with red eyes and when she woke up her there was a dog a black dog outside of her window she had a basement room and there was a basement window there was a dog outside of her window growling and her cat Cersei who just died last year attacked that dog and my wife said it was a like a vampire dream like a vampire had turned into this black dog and was trying to attack her and her cat Cersei had saved her from it and so my, my wife is like a full on believer in that kind of stuff. She's like, we can only have black animals, black cats. We have two black cats right now since Cersei died. I have a black lab and I have a pit bull who's white, which my wife is not a fan of, but <laughs> he's mine. And I moved, I moved here with him. So, but yeah, she's, she's a huge believer in that kind of stuff. Just not aliens, <laughs> which I think is odd. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, dude, the, the craziest. So my wife's mom. They're very close. They're like best friends. The craziest thing about this was this is the craziest part of the story. Holy crap. My wife ran upstairs to her mom's bedroom. My, my wife was in college. She was staying with her mom while she was in college. She ran upstairs to her mom's bedroom where her mom was sleeping and started telling, she's telling her mom, mom, wake up, wake up. I got, I, there's something that happened. And her mom woke up and said, was it a black dog? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, I know. I just dreamt about it. Like, what? Like, how could you not? How could you not believe in what I'm telling you when all this crazy stuff has happened to you? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, have a word of her. That's awesome. I need to. I yeah. need to tell her. Man, now that I'm thinking about all this, she told me all this stuff years ago, and I've never thought twice about it. But, man, now that I'm thinking about it all, man, she's got better stories than I do. Man, maybe I should talk to her mom. Her mom was telling me that her, my wife and her mom think that they saw werewolves, but they were Native American people. So like the skinwalker. Yeah, but there was, they were eating something in the middle of the road in the middle of the night. And my wife said that these were like huge, big wolves. Like they'd never seen no, and there ain't wolves in Nebraska. Mm. And this was in Nebraska. And then they drove around it and kept driving. And then in the middle of the road ahead of them and pitch black. I mean, it's the, this is like one of the darkest places in the country. Pitch black. There was a group of Native American dudes walking like a hundred yards in front of them. All right. Okay, brother. Cody, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your, uh, your experiences with hey, us today. I appreciate you too, buddy. All right, buddy. Well, it was a pleasure and I thank you so much. I look forward to listening to more of your podcasts. Yeah. Keep in touch, Cody, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Yep. Bye. That is all for this week. Keep updated and connected with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
And if you have an encounter you'd like to share on the podcast, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com or reach out to me via the contact page on my website at ufochroniclespodcast.com. A big thank you to Ash and Cody for sharing tonight and thank you all for listening. I will be back next week. Till then, stay safe and keep watching the skies. Goodbye.